catching you up on the latest stories from around the Sunshine State that you should know heading into this Friday morning, September 2nd. I'm Julia Cooper, and this is The Point from WUFT News. The 30th anniversary of Hurricane Andrew in August is a reminder of the changes to infrastructure and hurricane preparedness practices across the state. Andrew left about 250,000 people homeless in Miami-Dade County. I spoke with Florida Public Radio Emergency Network reporter Melissa Fato, who took a look at how lessons learned after Andrew continue to shape the state today. The 30th anniversary of Hurricane Andrew's landfall on South Florida was August 24th. And what I wanted to do with this piece was write a bit of a retrospective on how, after Hurricane Andrew, things changed in the way that we prepare for hurricanes. So Andrew was a catastrophic event for many Floridians for obvious reasons. What were some of the ways that you found that Andrew impacted how people live and prepare for storm seasons now? Something interesting that I actually never knew about Andrew, uh, when I talked to Robert Moyeda, he is a warning coordinator meteorologist at the National Weather Service in Miami. Something I learned from him that was new was that um, Miami had not had a landfalling storm in 27 years at that point, um, since Hurricane Betsy in the 60s. So it had been a long time since Miami had uh, lived through a hurricane. And on top of that, it was the A storm of the season. It was the first named storm of the season. So, you know, he said that it's not that um, people were unaware of the power of hurricanes or that people didn't care. But, you know, it had been a while and people might have been a little out of practice preparing for hurricanes. And the status of Andrew changed pretty rapidly in less than a 24-hour period. I think... For those who live through Andrew, and of course it's been a very long time now, um, it has influenced them to always be aware of um, hurricane season. On that note, hurricanes are definitely not novel experiences anymore in Florida. What do experts say to new Floridians or maybe those who haven't been around to prepare for a storm before? I spoke to Eric Salna, and he's the associate director of the International Hurricane Research Center, which is at um, Florida International University in Miami. And he said, you know, whether it's someone who's been here forever or someone who's new, one of our biggest obstacles is just complacency. And he called it the Justa phrase, the Justa effect. You know, oh, it's just a tropical storm. It's just a category one. It's just a whatever. And he said, you know, basically, like, that's dangerous thinking. Each and every storm has the capacity to be extremely dangerous. So we talked about kind of the social impact of this storm, but what changed in terms of infrastructure? After um, Andrew, it was very clear that we needed to change the way that we built houses. Um, And I spoke to Elizabeth Plater Seiberg. She is an architect, an urban planner, and a faculty member at the University of Miami. She was involved actually in the initial response to analyzing why these homes failed and the things that they found at the time was that the connections between the roof and the building were not strong enough and also that the opening points you know like the doors the windows etc were not strong enough so when wind gets in the house it's easier for the roof to blow away essentially so since then there's been many um, innovations to those problems we have better ways to protect our openings so they don't blow open during the storm. And this is when it comes to wind. But wind is not necessarily 
the killer during hurricanes. But one of the biggest killers during hurricane is actually storm surge. And that's when the waters rise. So over at FIU, they have a research center there called the Wall of Wind. And it's been around for, I think, a decade now. It's a wall of 12 super-powered fans that can produce Andrew-level winds. So this research center was directly inspired by Hurricane Andrew, and they basically used that to put structures in front of it and test it against these winds. And um, what Eric Salna told me is that they're actually working on a new facility where the winds will be stronger, but also what they're envisioning is to put the fans in front of like a pool so they can like simulate storm surge as well because that's such a deadly part of hurricanes that currently we don't necessarily have testing for. Why is this all important to know now? Um, September is actually the peak of hurricane season. This is typically when we see the the most storms. Now the Atlantic, for those who have been following or just if, if anyone has noticed, has been very quiet this season so far. It has been uh, waking up and actually as of today thursday september 1st we have our d storm uh danielle but it poses no threat to the u.s it's like way out in the atlantic so we don't have to worry about that storm uh right now but there does seem to be some activity finally uh waking up in the atlantic after some really really actually very historically quiet months that was multimedia producer for Florida Public Radio Emergency Network, Melissa Fato, looking back at Hurricane Andrew's 30th anniversary as we head into the peak of hurricane season. Now, let's catch you up on today's top stories from around the state. The Artemis One moon mission will attempt to launch for a second time tomorrow. According to WUFT's Denise Vickers, mission officials confirmed Thursday evening that the technical issues that forced them to scrub the first launch attempt have been addressed. Officials say that the weather forecast for Saturday is 60% a go for when the launch window opens. However, if Saturday's launch does not go through as planned, the team's next attempt is set for the early evening on Labor Day. A group of employees at U of Health Shands voted this week to form a union. According to WCJB, Dispatchers and flight and ground paramedics will be joining the American Federation of the State, County, and Municipal Employees. Insurance regulators in Florida are considering lifting a $700,000 cap on policies sold by Citizens Property Insurance Corps. According to the News Service of Florida, the state-backed corporation is barred by law from providing replacement cost coverages of more than $700,000. But... As home values soar and the state's property insurance market crumbles, many homeowners have been dropped from their coverage because of the $700,000 cap. Regulators are currently analyzing whether they could increase that cap in at least some counties across the state. Subscribe to The Point newsletter, which drops the latest Florida stories into your inbox every morning, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Visit wuft.org for more information. The Point podcast will be taking a brief break and return on Tuesday following the Labor Day weekend. I'm Julia Cooper, and you've been listening to The Point from WUFT News out of the University of Florida. Have a great Friday.